myself like as a man I'm growing in the things of God and I, I feel like one area of growth for me is, is that cross is carrying it there's something about hiding in the wounds of Christ that as I grow in him the more of it I understand and it just makes me so grateful to gather with you so thank you guys you can be seated uh, I want to just take a few moments and, and uh, just celebrate this cross um, I, uh, I, I learned some things this week man I love studying and learning things so you know, one of the things that I admire the most about Jesus was uh, his ability to just finish the race. I mean, that guy went firm all the way through. I, I like to work out in the mornings. You know, I'm a 5 a.m. morning kind of guy, and uh, I get up and I like to go for two or three mile runs at the gym. Um, but I don't always feel like doing that, you feel me? <laughs> I don't always feel like getting up and running. So when you're running on a treadmill, uh, it's easy to give yourself an out. And it's easy to kind of think, you know, I can take it easy. Unless you're running against, like, younger people uh, that are faster than you, or older people in particular that are faster than you. That's, <laughs> i got to keep going. Jesus didn't give himself an out, though, did he? I mean, he finished the race. He went all the way through. He never gave himself an out. He was determined. He was focused. He was a man on a mission, and he crossed the finish line. That's kind of the series I've been in, looking at the finish line. He walked down a road, he carried a cross, and tonight I'm talking about the cup that he drank. Now, I, I had an interesting visitation recently take place. My friend Rabbi Shul showed up. Rabbi Shaw was from um, Pittsburgh, and uh, he moved out here as part of an organization uh, to start a synagogue, and uh, I'm a friend of the Jewish people. They have me on their mailing list, so they showed up at my house, and I had a great time with them. Um, I love the Jewish people. I love learning about the Jewish roots of the faith. And I love different cultures and customs, and, and they're all pictures of what we believe is the person of Jesus. And one Jewish tradition that you may or may not be familiar with has to do with the four cups of wine that took place at a Seder meal, at the Passover meal. And uh, this is what I would just call the four covenant cups. Um, they're part of this Passover Seder meal, which is really where the concept of communion comes from. Communion is a covenant meal that contains covenant promises. And these cups are like the centerpiece of that celebration. Now, in the Jewish tradition, drinking from these cups is mandatory. In fact, the Passover meal couldn't even be celebrated uh, without the four cups. And so I want to just kind of walk through some verses and familiarize ourselves with the cups. And I'm going to be reading from Matthew's account. Uh, Matthew 26, verse 26, it tells us that as they were eating... Jesus took bread, he blessed and broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body. I want to just talk about this verse for a moment. Mealtime is memorable. And it used to be like the centerpiece of the family unit. That's what people did. They gathered together and had meals. Now, one of my favorite and most memorable mealtimes happened in the spring of 1989, uh, about this time of year. And I remember the meal itself. I remember where I was. Sunday morning after church, my mom had made meatloaf, a baked potato, peas. And the, way, the reason I remember it is because my dad was a sports fanatic. We got home, and there was this guy named Michael Jordan. And he made an amazing shot to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and win the series at the buzzer. And it was like dad erupted. There was peas and meatloaf all over the walls. And I remember my mom was not amused, but I thought it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I never forgot that meal. And this meal, no doubt, was memorable 
to the disciples, but it was memorable for other reasons. Matthew 26, verse 27. He took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from it, all of you. Now, you notice the phrase he used there. He said, the cup. Someone say the cup. Now, that, that phrase signified a particular cup, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, but we know that there were different cups because of Luke's account. And, and we know what the tradition in the Jewish culture is, the Jewish tradition. So the first cup that was drank that night is, is called the cup of sanctification. Uh, it's also known as the Kiddush cup. And this is when the father of the home would stand up and say a blessing. And food would be brought out and laid on a table. And uh, this was sort of like what we would refer to as the appetizers. Uh, how many like appetizers? Yeah, you know, my, my, my buddy, Pastor David, he makes the best appetizers. Uh, I mean, he, he does like goat cheese and cherry bruschetta. And, and then jalapeno bacon poppers. Those are amazing. But there, there was no bacon poppers at this meal. This, these guys were eating like the morsel. When Judas dipped his, uh, in the morsel, in the cup, this is probably that part of the meal. Uh, this cup was referred to by the Jews as the cup of sanctification. It was taken early, first in the meal, and it signifies that the meal had been set apart, that it belonged to God. That's what sanctification means. It means that something belongs to him, it's, it's holy. And so they begin with this cup. The Jewish people belong to God. And as those who walk in the footsteps of our father Abraham, you and I belong to God. We're set apart to him. We belong to him. And that's what we're doing when we take this meal. Uh, this cup symbolizes that we've been set apart from the world. And when we drink it, we're acknowledging that our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, a second cup that they had right here was called the cup of affliction. It's also known as the cup of proclamation, uh, the, the Haggadah in Hebrew. And at this point in the meal, the father uh, would begin to proclaim what the Lord had done for Israel when he took them out of the exodus and set them free. This is the place in the meal where a child, uh, like the child's, like children that I have, <laughs> they, they're curious. And, and so they would come to the father and, and they would say, why is this night different than other nights? You might have heard that, that they asked that question. And the father would then answer by quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, in which he would share how the Egyptians mistreated and afflicted us in Egypt. And we cried out to the Lord and he heard our voice and he looked on our affliction and our oppression. And so it says that the Lord brought us out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And, and they would relive that moment. And when they explained that meal together, it was like at, at the heart of the meal. Because it gave everyone an opportunity to share in the meal. That's why in Exodus 12, 4, it's called the Day of Remembrance. By, by remembering, by talking about it, by sharing about that meal. Everybody took place in this redemptive story. And in response, the Passover participants would give thanks for what the Lord had done for them. It's like, you know, what you do at Thanksgiving. I started the Thanksgiving tradition when I get together, and I like to go around the table. I want to find out what everyone is thankful for. I'll never forget one year, my sister Jessica was asked, what are you thankful for? And she had got voted that year to wash the dishes. She said, I'm thankful for warm running water. Because, you know, they didn't have that in Bible days. <laughs> the children of Israel had been delivered from the affliction of slavery. And in the same way, you and I as believers are no longer slaves to sin any, anymore. I love that. How many of you have the Lord set you free from sin? Amen. 
I'm grateful for the Lord's deliverance in my life, and I rejoice in what he's done for me personally. That's something that I'm experiencing in a whole fresh way right here, what the Lord's work in my life has been. Now, this is the point where these cups become interesting. Matthew 27, verse 27. It says that he took the cup. Someone say the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it to them. And he said, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. This is probably the cup you think of when we take the Passover meal. It's the third cup. It's called the cup of redemption, the Baruchah cup. And this cup signaled the beginning of the actual supper when the Passover lamb and the unleavened bread and the bitter herbs would finally be eaten. Uh, this is the best part of the meal because this is where you get to eat. They had that Passover lamb because God passed over their homes and spared them. They had unleavened bread because their fathers were ransomed from Egypt. They ate bitter herbs because the Egyptians placed them in bondage. And th this is you know, where the main part of the meal took place. And, and then when they finished that, this is where they would drink this cup, which is mentioned in Matthew, the cup. In Luke's account, he calls it the cup after supper. So we know what, what cup he's talking about. Now, the Israelites were redeemed from the land of Egypt. They were brought out by the mighty hand of the Lord. Redemption story is that I was bound in sin. And my life has been bought with a price. And I have been redeemed by Jesus' blood and righteousness, and I am grateful to him. And then there's something very interesting took place at this part of the meal. Uh, something highly unusual if you were a Jewish person. And since I'm up here in Montana talking to like Scandinavians, you know, we're a little unfamiliar with the traditions. Matthew 26, 29, Jesus said this. He went off script. He said, I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day I drink it with you new in my Father's kingdom. He's kind of talking about this fourth cup, which is called the cup of praise or the cup of consummation. This is the conclusion of the meal. And the drinking of this last cup would have been just like more concise. It was kind of like the following thing, the last thing they did. It's quick, that is, if Jesus would have drank from it. Because what the text seems to indicate is that Jesus did not drink from that fourth cup. I'm sure the disciples thought that they would come back like any other Passover time and have that fourth cup together and finish the meal. But interestingly enough, something happened. This is the part of the meal where a hymn was to be sung. In, in fact, it was forbidden. It's forbidden in Jewish custom to, to drink from that fourth cup until you sing a psalm. And that's why the next verse, Matthew 26, 30, says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, my grandma D, who's 99 this year, she has a tradition in our home, and we sing, be present at our table, Lord, for every holiday gathering. I, I don't know why we do it, but we do it. So they had this tradition where they would sing, and scholars generally agree that they would sing a particular psalm, the 115th psalm through the 118th psalm. And imagine Jesus walking with his disciples out of that room, down the Kidron Valley, up into the Mount of Olives, and he's singing the 116th psalm. And I just want to highlight what he's singing as he's leading them. This is what they're singing. Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? He said, I will take the cup of salvation. And we're talking about the cups that we're here tonight. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. And then they said this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. 
I mean, Jesus might have been saying that about himself. He said, truly, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm the son of your maidservant. You've loosed my bonds, and I will offer to you the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call on the name of the Lord. I mean, he's, he's singing this prophetically about what he's about to do. And Jesus, he, he's on his way, not just to make an offering to the Lord, but to literally become the sacrifice. See, Jesus never did finish that meal with his disciples. He, he didn't finish that fourth cup. He told them, on that day, I'm going to drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that cup is the promise to us that he will return and for us, and we'll drink it together with him, what the Bible calls the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, let me give you an amazing side note pertaining to this meal. Jesus never did finish that fourth cup with his disciples, but he did drink from one all alone when he was on the cross. But it wasn't a cup. It was a sponge. By drinking, by not drinking from that final cup at the Last Supper, what Jesus is doing is he's extending the Passover meal to include his own suffering and death. By praying three times in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. He revealed that he understood his own death in terms of the Passover suffering. And by waiting to drink the fourth cup, which he did on the cross with that sponge full of sour wine, he joined him and the Last Supper to his own death on the cross. And in doing, he joined himself in the form of bread and wine in the offering of Calvary. He became the meal itself. What an amazing thought. That's what Jesus meant when he said that he would eat of his body and drink of his blood. And so as we partake of this meal tonight, the communion meal, we are remembering Christ's covenant with us. And we get a drink of his promises. Think about his promise, these cups. To set us apart from the world, to rescue us from the bondage of slavery, to redeem us from the wages of sin, and to return and drink anew with us in the kingdom of God. So tonight, we're doing this, as Jesus said, in remembrance of him. And I'm going to invite the team to come back up, and, and we're going to worship the Lord, and I'm going to invite everyone to come down on this table. And, and, and as we're worshiping, just take some bread, take some wine, and, and partake of it. Get back to your seat. We'll take it. We'll share of it. And as you're doing that, I want you to worship God and reflect upon his sacrifice. Think about what the Lord has done for us, how he redeemed us, how he set us apart. Man, I, I've been dwelling on this verse in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that Jesus is my wisdom. He's my righteousness. He's my sanctification. He's my redemption. That's what's in this cup. Wisdom when you need it, the righteousness of God, sanctification that you've been set apart. I'm telling you, there's healing in this cup. Anything you need is in this cup. The plan of salvation is in this cup. And I'm grateful for that. So I want to ask you to stand up. We're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to partake of communion. And as you come down tonight, we're going to receive of that cup. As we worship, feel free to come and take of the cup. I'll lead the way. by a noble faith bringing blessings of 
under my king giving up my as a sweet offering Oh, the beauty of this man For the sake of love He left his father's throne Searching for a bride Born of his bone He was crushed and bruised To make my dust his own Oh, the beauty of this man, Jesus. Oh, the beauty of this man, Jesus, I love you. I give you all my worship, Jesus, I love you. up his life Oh the beauty of this man Jesus Oh the beauty of this man Jesus I love you I give you all my worship Jesus I love
body that was broken and anointed for us. When we eat this bread, we're eating an anointing. Blood that was shed for us. When we drink this blood, we're drinking into our healing, our deliverance. I'm thankful for it. Father, I just thank you for your sacrifice you did. And this is a holy moment for us. Set apart to you. We belong to you. We're in covenant with you. You watch over us as a father and as a shepherd. We just thank you for your hand and your work in our lives. Let's partake of the bread. And now for this cup. Thank you for your blood, which was shed for the remission of sin. Thank you that one drop of it just in the dirt of the earth contained enough redemption power for the healing of every generation. Father, I thank you for wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption in our bodies and minds. And we belong to you in this cup. Let's partake of the blood. Amen, amen. Amen. Boy, I just sense God's presence and his blessing. And I want to declare the blessing over you. I'm I'm concluding from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I want to remind you, Sunday's coming. Yeah. And we will see you on Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection of the Savior. Amen. Amen, amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Give someone a hug. Thank these guys for leading tonight. What a great night, man. Amen.